every single believer is already more than a conqueror through him who loved us, even in the darkest of times. Unfortunately, many believers don't understand the incredible truths of God's love, the incredible things that God has done for them and to them because of his great love. And so they're caught up with the world's fear, just like anyone else. Coming up, we'll see the context of such love that has made us more than conquerors next on Daily in Christ. Welcome once again to the Daily in Christ podcast. I'm Mark Van Oos. Well, we continue today with a powerfully encouraging series called More Than Conquerors in the Darkest of Times. Now, I just had a thought that occurred to me here at the beginning of this podcast. I can't tell you how many Christians have been telling me in person or sending me an email or a text message that's talking about this documentary series that's unfolding the conspiracy behind the current pandemic that we're dealing with as I'm recording this in May of 2020. And you see, God has told me to shut it all down, shut down the news, shut down all this other stuff, focus on God's word and what God's word has to say. You know, everything else is sinking sand. It is completely, um, not based on truth. It's based on conjecture. Why would I in crisis or any other time build my life on conjecture? That's absolutely foolish. Well, we're not going to do that in the Daily in Christ podcast now or ever. And we are continuing today with a powerfully encouraging series called More Than Conquerors in the Darkest of Times. And the focal point of this series is found in Romans chapter 8, verses 15 to 39. If you can grab your Bible and get to there, and then we're going to be hanging around Romans uh, for this particular episode. I'm not going to go through all those verses now, but I'm just going to focus in for a moment on verses 37 through 39. Yet in all these things, and that these things spoken of are really dark and awful things. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord." Oh, those are powerful verses. And in fact, I can hardly wait to unpack Romans 8, verses 15 to 39 with you um, for great encouragement. But dear friends, I would be negligent as a teacher of God's word if I didn't bring up the fact that those verses in Romans 8 have a critical context. And if you don't know and understand this context, you will fail to live in the reality 
that you are indeed believer, more than a conqueror through him who loved you. And so what is that context? Well, the context of Romans chapter 8, verses 15 to 39 are Romans chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, and chapter 8, verses 1 through 14. And that's why last time we began to look at the context of Romans 8, 15 to 39, and we covered chapters 1 through 3. Boy, how dark is the condition of man and how great the love of God and the salvation that has been brought to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, we're going to endeavor to cover chapters 4 through the first part of Romans 8. Well, we'll see how far we get today. Listen, dear friend, more than anything, I want you to understand that your now and future is extremely bright. You say, Mark, how could you possibly make a statement like that? Well, it's not because of you and what you have done or what you do, but it's because and and according to God and what God has done in love. 1 John 4.18, actually 17 through 19 says this, love has been perfected among us in that We may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Boy, those are powerful words in 1 John 4, 17 to 19. And it brings in the connection between fear and where fear really comes from and God's love. And it says, verse 17, the love of God has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness. Yep, like more than a conqueror in the day of judgment. Now, we know what the day of judgment is. That speaks of the time, well, where God is going to mete out justice upon this earth. And the time of the grace of God, uh, this uh, age of the grace of God through the Lord Jesus Christ will come to an end. And those who refuse God's gracious salvation through his precious son, the Lord Jesus, they will be left in their sins. We talked about that last time. And they will face the day of judgment. But look what this says here. The believer has boldness in the day of judgment. What? Why? It says, because as he is, so are we in this world. You know, fear has seized this world during this present COVID-19 pandemic. And fear may seize you in the midst of your crisis, no matter what it may be, pandemic or not. Say, would you want to get rid of fear? Well, listen to this again from 1 John chapter 4, repeating verse 18. There is no fear, say no fear, no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. 
but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now, understand, this does not mean that you perfect yourself in this way, but notice it says, has not been made perfect, meaning an action that is done to you, not by you. Here's the key. Because fear involves torment. Now, 1 John 4, 18 in the Amplified really brings this out incredibly. Here's what it says. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of the doors and expels every trace of terror. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I just love how it says, but full-grown love turns fear out out the door, and expels every trace of terror. That's been my spirit and my attitude. When I keep hearing all the bad news and all my Christian friends, a lot of them are, oh, worried about this and under this conspiracy theory and that conspiracy theory, I just throw it out the door and I expel every trace of terror. Why? Because the love of God is real, dear friend. That's what this is all about. That's why I'm taking time to bring context to Romans 8, 15 to 39, because without that loving context of the redeeming, saving love of God, Romans 8, 15 to 39 will sound like pie in the sky. For those who are not Americans, what that means is, you know, this dreamy thing that you can never achieve, and it won't seem real. But the love of God is real, dear friend. And that's what I want to strongly encourage you with. You see, this is important to understand. Fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love, has not yet grown into love's complete perfection. So you see, fear is ultimately linked to a dread of what? Punishment. You see, the ultimate punishment would be by God himself on the day of judgment. But Jesus has taken your sin and your punishment with him to the cross. And for those of you who have put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and the gift of salvation and what he has done for you, there is no future of punishment with you. You see, the gospel, and right here in Romans, Romans is the strongest book in all the Bible to clearly lay out the Bible. It makes abundantly clear how Jesus took all of your sin and punishment due you completely. You see, this critical understanding from the Bible is essential to getting free of fear by allowing God's love to become full-grown in your life. You take the seed of what God's Word says about the truths of the love of God demonstrated. We're going to get to that when we hit Romans 5. And then we water that seed like, you know, people are planting their gardens right now in the northern hemisphere. And the warm 
sunlight and the watering effect is so important. The way you do that is when you understand what Jesus has done for you, what he has accomplished for you, and that's what we are trying to do. Look, it's important to rely not on what we think is true or what CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or whatever thing on YouTube is saying is true. No, what's important is what God's Word, the Bible, says. And the only way that you can grasp that is not by a Bible college or seminary degree, no, but by the Spirit. And the Spirit of God is great at revealing and helping us this way in a life-changing way. In fact, let's, let's open this time right now in prayer. Father God, as we endeavor to plumb the depths of your great, powerful, effective love, I pray that your word, the Bible, would come through crystal clear in what we are teaching today. And Father, I pray that by the Holy Spirit, you would turn the light on, Father, that we could see the great truths of what Christ has done for us, that we would receive by faith what he has done as a gift, that we would understand your powerful demonstration of love, and that Jesus has created a new race of human beings that are filled with life and righteousness and the grace of God, that we would understand, Lord, that we are dead to sin and alive to God, and that we are dead to the law and alive to God, and that we live not by the flesh, but by the Spirit. Thank you for doing that, Lord, even now, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, open your Bible to Romans chapter 4. And as you're making your way to Romans chapter 4, and if you were there with Romans 8 a moment ago, just flip back a few chapters. Here's the big idea of Romans 4. We, and this is important to understand as a Christian, we receive all the benefits of the grace of God and what Christ has already accomplished for us by faith. That's important to understand. I think there are many Christians who don't understand the grace of God. That is very sad. And then there are those who do have some better understanding of the grace of God, but it's not working in their lives. And the reason for that is because they are not receiving by faith what God's grace has already provided. Let me say that again. They are not receiving by faith what God's grace has already provided. And you're going to be amazed at how God justifies by faith even the ungodly, not by works. He justifies the ungodly by faith. And remember what we said last time about Romans chapter 1, verse 17, which is a towering principle in the Bible, and that is that the just shall live by faith, from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, Romans chapter 4, beginning in verse 5, says this, and I'm going to kind of warn you, dear friends, I have no time whatsoever to to make this in-depth. An in-depth study of Romans would take uh, numerous episodes. So uh, this is sort of touching the critical points that you need to understand to have the right context 
that makes a difference, that grabs a hold and makes a difference in your life for Romans chapter 8, verses 15 to 39. Romans 4, 5. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Now, did you hear that? God is not justifying the godly. He justifies the ungodly. How? By their works? No. By faith. And that raises the question we just said, the the just shall live by faith. Do you know that the language of faith is found in the New Testament alone 677 times? Would you believe that? 677 times. Boy, faith must be important to God. It is. So what's the big deal? Why is faith so important to God and to receiving what God's grace has already provided? Well, down in Romans chapter 4, verse 16, it says this, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. Did you hear that? The reason why the just shall live by faith is that it would be according to grace. And what is grace? The grace of God is the gift of God in giving himself for us and to us, in totally loving us, totally blessing us, and totally accepting us, not because we are so good and earned it, but because God is that good and gives his son, Jesus, for us. That's the grace of God. And so the whole basis of everything is the grace of God. And it is by faith that it might be according to grace. And here's the second part of the verse, Romans 4:16, so that the promise might be sure or guaranteed to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, speaking of the Jew but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And it talks much about uh, Abraham. And, you know, Abraham was justified by faith before he was circumcised, before he was a Jew, while he was still a Gentile. And Gentile means someone who is out of the covenant of God's, out of God's covenant of love. Yet he was justified, given a righteous standing before God by faith. In other words, listen very carefully, friend. Abraham trusted and relied upon the grace of God. And that was the secret to his success. And you know, he had a lot of failure. But God used him yet in a powerful way. And then over in Romans chapter 4, Verses 22 to 25, it says this, And therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now this word accounting is, and I don't want to sound redundant here, but it is an accounting term, right? Think of a, an accountant's ledger and how they're reconciling things in that accounting ledger. It was accounted to him or credited to him, Abraham, who was not godly, all right? He was pagan at that time. It was accounted to him, credited to him for righteousness. Now, verse 23, 
Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed or credited to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us. That word imputed, the Greek word is logizomai, uh, considered in our account. Imagine if someone were to donate and deposit in your bank account $1 million. Well, according to your bank, you have a million dollars in the bank. It's credited to your account. That's what God did through the Lord Jesus Christ. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, and who was delivered because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Oh, like I said, I wish I had more time to get into these chapters. I don't. I've got to move on. Romans chapter 5. The big idea in Romans chapter 5 is uh, uh, several different things. Uh, First, verses uh, 1 through 5 talk about God's grace for our past our present, and our future. Verse 1 says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, that means we are justified not by our works or by law or law-keeping, but by faith according to the grace of God. That is already done in the past. So the past is taken care of. It says we have right now peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are standing in our relationship right now and our reality right now with peace. And the Bible concept of peace goes way beyond the worldly concept of peace. The idea of peace is rooted in this idea of shalom. Back, uh, that's the Hebrew word in the Old Testament. And it means literally all is well, all is whole. Someone has said nothing broken, nothing missing, all complete. That's the idea of shalom, peace. It's this idea of holy, wholeness. Um, When you think of a person who's going through distress, you may ask them, how are you doing? And that person may say, I'm falling apart. And we understand what that means. The exact opposite concept is this biblical idea of peace or shalom, where we are held together. Oh, that's so important. When you are going through those distressing times in the middle of the night when you're wondering how you're going to pay the bill or will this pandemic hit you or what's going to happen? Will I have a job tomorrow? Or what's going to happen with this cancer that I have? The shalom of God, the peace of God is something that you possess right now. Why? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, who he is and what he has accomplished for you. Romans 5.2 says this, through whom we also have right now access or entrance by faith into this grace in which we now stand. That's your now reality, believer. You have access and admission into the grace of God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's your condition right now. You have all the blessings and benefits of the grace of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And now here's your future, and it's good. And rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Dear friend, this is your blessed future. 
We have an incredible future because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where the grace of God meets us. Taking care of our past, having been justified by faith, our present, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ and our future. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Dear believer, your future is not gloom and doom. Listen to me. God spent too high of a price through what Jesus did to give you a future of gloom and doom. That is not what Jesus' blood bought. What his blood bought for you is real hope grounded on the strength and the integrity of the love of God. And this is your blessed future. Oh, I got to move on. Romans 5, verses 6 through 8, speak about the demonstration of the love of God. This, you know, in Romans chapter 3, we we heard about the demonstration of the righteousness of God, what Jesus Christ did on behalf to bring propitiation for our sins, satisfying the justice of God. God didn't uh, doesn't bring forgiveness by sweeping your sins under the proverbial carpet. No, he brings forgiveness and blessing to you because of what Jesus has done for you. And now in Romans 5, 6 to 8, we see the demonstration of the love of God. For when we were still without strength, you know, at the time when we had no ability, no chance, we were rebellious against God. This is very vividly shared in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. I don't have time to get into there. But listen to this. When we were still without strength in due time, at just the right time, Christ died for the godly? No, it says the ungodly. Those Remember what it said in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, that the wrath of God is revealed against the unrighteousness and ungodliness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness and how awful it was from that point forward, uh, from Romans 1, 18, through the rest of Romans 1 and Romans 2 and most of Romans 3. Oh my goodness, it was just so difficult while we were yet ungodly, God remedied the problem. Why? How? Through the death of his precious son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 7, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And again, there's a, there's a linkage to a parallel passage over in Romans chapter 3, chapter 2, I mentioned a little bit ago. Um, in verse 3, it said, who are by nature children of wrath, even as the others. Can you imagine that? Children of wrath, of a brood of those whose very nature invokes the wrath of God. And then in Ephesians 2, 4, it says this, but God, 
Oh, thank God that he has stepped in the scene. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Oh, you got to look at that over in Ephesians chapter 2 sometime. Back to Romans 5. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Oh, that takes my breath away. Now listen to this. Romans 5, 9 and 11 speak of both the saving death of Jesus and the saving life of Jesus and what the difference means to us. Verse 9, much more than having now been justified, see already done, by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Earlier in Romans chapter 5, it says we have boldness in the day of judgment. Oh, we read earlier, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, remember? We have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Okay, Romans 5.10. This is so good. Not because I'm saying it, but this is the heart of God. In my prayer before I started this podcast, I said, Oh, Father, I pray that uh, your incredible love and grace and what you've done for us comes clearly through this podcast, and I trust it is. Verse 10, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. So you see, friend, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ accomplished many things. And one of the most important things it accomplished was reconciliation of enemies, not friends, not sons and daughters, but enemies. And that was accomplished by God alone through his dear son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at the second part of verse. So that's the saving death of Jesus. Here's the saving life of Jesus. Much more, having been reconciled, already done, we shall be saved by his life. That's the saving life of Jesus. And that is exactly what God has accomplished. The death of the Lord Jesus Christ brings about reconciliation with God. The resurrection life of the Lord Jesus saves us now by his life. And we need that to be saved in this current wicked, fearful, dreadful generation. That happens through the saving life of Jesus. Later on, we'll talk about Romans chapter 8 and that life in us through the Spirit. And look at verse 11. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Friend, this is a critical foundation to understand. And again, I say what I said at the top of the episode. It's important to see what the Word of God says about you and what God has done for you and confess it aloud. Not to make it happen, but to, well, as I said over in 1 John 4, 
being made perfect in love. This matures your understanding of the great love of God. This gives you a tremendous stability, even through the worst of life's storms. Not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received the reconciliation. I'm going to pause for a moment right here and make an extremely important point. You will hear the word sin, not sins or sinning, but the word sin in Romans chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8. And I want you to understand that that word sin does not refer to the verb or the action of sinning, but it is a noun. It's a thing that specifically refers to the condition of sinful man without Christ. That's what sin refers to in these chapters. Okay, so the rest of Romans chapter 5 brings this incredible contrast between two Adams, A-D-A-M. The human race, the first man was a man named Adam, and then there is a second Adam, the last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. As a man, he is the last Adam. Now, it speaks of these two Adams and the much more of the gift of righteousness and the abundance of the grace of God. Romans five twelve to 21. You know, in all the world, did you know that there are only two races? Two. And only two. Those in fallen first Adam is the one race, a fallen race. And you and I were born of the flesh into this world in first Adam. And all that came through Adam, sin, condemnation, and death. And then the second race are those who have been born again. Jesus said to the Pharisee, the religious leader in John chapter 3, you must be born again. Why? Because that first birth was a birth in the flesh of the fallen race of Adam. The second birth of the Spirit is in righteous last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is a redeemed race. It's a race that lives in righteousness, peace, and life. All of those who are born again are in last Adam, now and forever. And in Romans chapter 5, these verses 12 to 21, it speaks of the so much better of what Jesus, the last Adam, has brought to this new race of redeemed humans. Um, Verse 15, but the free gift brought through Jesus, the last Adam, is not like the offense that is referring to the sinful fall of Adam. Remember, he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in disobedience to God. The free gift is not like the offense, for if by the one man's offense many die, and that refers to first Adam, much more the grace of God and the gift of the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, he's the last Adam, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. So Adam came, he sinned, 
His offense brought in judgment and condemnation. The last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, came with the free gift. And it says, but the free gift which came from or after many offenses resulted in justification. Look at verse 17. This is so powerful. For if by the one man's offense, again, speaking of first Adam, death reigned through the one. And that Greek word, the Greek word for reign is basilio, which means to reign as a king. Death reigned as a king through the one man, Adam, and his fallen race. Much more those who receive, watch this, abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Dear friend, did you catch that? In the one case, in first Adam, the fallen man, death reigned as a king through him. Much more through the Lord Jesus Christ, the last Adam, the beginner of the progenitor of a brand new human race. Through the one, much more those who receive, don't work for, but receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. You know, I have some people who criticize me and say, Mark, you talk too much about the grace of God. Hey, don't blame me, blame God. He's the one talking about the grace of God. And this says right here in Romans 5, 17, that much more those who receive a little bit of grace, no, a Abundance of grace, abundance of grace, and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Dear friend, don't you want to reign as a king in this life? Or do you want to be like someone who's getting hit by the truck of life, you know, kind of like roadkill on the highway? I don't want to be like that. I really do want to reign in life. I mean, the picture of what's going on in the world is such this picture of death and life contrasted. You know, coronavirus ultimately has come from Satan, who had the inroad through Adam's sin. And that brought in death and sin and condemnation and judgment. But the Lord Jesus Christ, who is infinitely better and more powerful than first Adam, has brought in something overwhelmingly much better. It is life, righteousness, peace. Oh, I I vote for reigning in life by receiving abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Look at verse 18. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men. How did sin and death and judgment and condemnation come to the human race? Through one man, Adam. You say, though, well, that's weird. Why through him? You know, we are tied to our ancestors. Did you know that? If your great, 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 great grandfather was as a young man taking a hike in the mountains and went through a thicket of bushes, not realizing that there was a cliff and fell to his death back then, you would not be alive today, 
So it is true that your ancestors and what has happened through the ancestors has an impact on your life. Adam, first Adam, is the father of the human race. Literally, the entire human race has its seed, has its origin through Adam. And so, through birth, fleshly birth, we have received the sin nature through our parents and their parents and their parents and their parents and their parents, going all the way back to Adam. That's why you must be born again. And I thank God that I was born again through the grace of God, October 3rd, 1981. And you can read about how to become born again in Romans, or rather uh, John chapter 3, Jesus talks about that. You see, that's why we must be born again. And uh, coming up next time, we're going to talk about Romans chapter 6, which talks about those in Christ have been united with Christ in all that he has accomplished, even death together at the cross. That's coming up next time on the Daily in Christ podcast. Well, I didn't think I'd be able to get through all of this. One more episode setting things up, but this is so important, friend. If you don't have this foundation, Romans chapter 8, verses 15 to 39 is going to seem like a bunch of, I don't know, dreamy, unrealistic nonsense. But it's not. It's real. And it has a foundation. It has a context based on the earlier chapters of Romans. And we'll finish that in the next episode, I promise. Thank you, friend, for your kind attention to God's Word during this time. It has been my uh, passionate prayer, as I said earlier, that you and I would have a deeper understanding of the committed, demonstrating love of God, the radical love of God that totally changes your past, your present, and your future. I encourage you to go through uh, these chapters, Romans 4 and 5, to be get better grounded. And remember, don't try to understand these things through your human understanding, but rather through the power of God's Spirit. Dear friends, the Daily in Christ podcast is uh, my ministry that the Lord has given to me. I am a minister of the gospel commissioned by the Lord himself, and uh, that has several different avenues. One of those avenues is this podcast that you're listening to. Maybe you're listening to it through the dailyinchrist.org website. Did you know that uh, this podcast is available actually much more easily through uh, all of the uh, predominant podcasting platforms like uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Stitcher, uh, Spotify, um, and so many others. Uh, go to our website for information about that at dailyinchrist.org. Or you can just look it up in your favorite uh, podcast platform uh, under Daily in Christ Podcast. We also, of course, have our website. It's home uh, to all of the episodes that we have recorded from episode number one till this current episode, as well as a host of uh, articles as well. Um, that's at dailyinchrist.org. Dot org. And dear friend, if you have a prayer need or uh, you would like to reach out to us, there is a contact form right there at the menu bar at our website. 
uh, click on that and the form will come up and feel free to reach out to us through that avenue. The Daily in Christ podcast and the website are a love ministry to the body of Christ and is dependent upon God's people for love, prayer, and support. We appreciate that. My burden is to make every one of these resources free and without charge, uh, but that does cost us to do that. And uh, very soon we're going to have some information about supporting our ministry as well. And of course, as always, friend, if this podcast is a blessing in your life, please uh, let us know about that. Also share it with others. Let them know uh, about the Daily in Christ podcast. I'm Mark Van Oos, your Bible teacher and host on the Daily in Christ podcast. Dear friend, always remember, Psalm 34 verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Yeah.